0: Good. See, when I do announcements, I ask that and three people answer. But when I preach, everybody answers. I like it. I'm going to do this more. Um, no, but I, I'm excited uh, to get the opportunity to do that. Chip, you're, Pastor Chip, you're very kind, so I, I appreciate it. Uh, he did. He, he Basically, he called out what I was going to talk about. My sermon it was wonderful. Um, but uh, I, I want to let you know, if you did look at the announcements and it says, hey, if you go to the, the Bible app and look up CIL, you'll see sermon notes. Those are not there uh, because of me. Uh, I, I never, literally the, the, two times I've done this every time they're like, Hey, do you have sermon notes you want to do and, and put in there? And I'm like, I would want to, but I'm not going to have them ready for that point. Are you surprised though? Cause I'm the student pastor, <laughs> you know? So, um, let's just, I'll just bask in that and that will be my excuse. Um, but uh, man, before I do anything, I just wanna honor Pastor Aaron, uh, Beth, their entire family. I know we got Lincoln and Luke right here. I know Abby's somewhere around here. Um, I'm excited for them to get back from sabbatical. Uh, we've had fun in the office without him, but he is, he is great uh, and we, I absolutely love him. And let me, let me just say this, just so you hear it from every person possible. I grew up in the church. I grew up around different leadership cultures. I went to school for it. I was in internships, all this kind of stuff. I have never had a pastor, leader, mentor, whatever you wanna call it, never had anyone pour into me, trust me, care for my family, uh, believe in me the way that Pastor Aaron has. Um, And so we are extremely blessed to have him as a pastor of this church and their family. Uh, I don't even wanna say running, but just being a part of what God is doing in this community. Um, And so I'm very thankful for them. So I just wanted to take a moment to honor them. Also let you know that we have already almost been here a year um, yeah, some of you are like, oh, God. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, we we've almost been here a year. It's gone really, really fast. Um, and we're so blessed to be here. I I love our students, middle school students, high school students, but man, I really love our families. Um, and and that's one, that's my heart for student ministry is that I wouldn't just be about like students on a Wednesday or at an event, but I would be about families. Um, and I would be about lifting you guys up, encouraging you guys, equipping you guys. Uh, and you're like, you're 26, you can't equip me. Maybe, um, I'm going to try. Uh, but man, God is good and he's been, his hand has been over our, our student ministry um, and it has always been. But just to see the way he's worked in our students, I'm glad to be a part of it. Very, very thankful. Uh, would you go ahead and turn to John 15, John chapter 15. Uh, we're gonna read verses one through eight. I'll give you a couple seconds to get there. Normally at this time I say, who brought their Bibles? And the students all bring up their physical Bibles. So there's about one. And then I say, what about your phone? And then everybody's like, got it. You know, who knows if they're actually using it. Um, But uh, we're going to read verses one through eight. So let's go ahead and do that. I am the true vine and my father is the vineyard keeper. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Lord, we come before you today. We thank you for your love, and I just pray that we would rest in your presence this morning, that, that the thoughts, that the worries, that the, the anxieties, the pressure, Lord, that it could just fade for a moment as we just take a glimpse as to what it looks like to truly follow you. I pray that you would get a hold of us this morning, you get a hold of our hearts, that we would, we'd be able to see you in everything we do, that it wouldn't be a, a momentary thing. And Lord, I, I ask that uh, you would anoint my lips as I, as I speak your word this morning, that it would only be your word. It would not be mine, would not be what I want to say, what I want to communicate, but instead it would just be your will for us to hear. Whatever you want to say is what we want to hear. We thank you, for your power and your love and what you're going to do in and through this place, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so I want to let you know, my wife and I have been married about four years. Right, we're coming up on four years. It's a very long time. So if you need any advice, um, just let us know. Okay, we we'll do your marriage counseling. We're great. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, some of you are like, is he joking? He thinks he's all that. Um, no, but uh, I feel like I make that joke all the time, so it's getting old to me. But you laughed. So, um, so anyways, we, we, uh, we've been married for four years. Um, I remember when we first got married, because it was so long ago, uh, we first got married, we were getting these little tiffs. And I call them tiffs because it makes me feel better, uh, and I don't feel as guilty about causing them. So uh, just catch that, that I caused them. So, uh, so anyways, we get in these little tiffs and, and uh, I, you know, I'm just very blunt to the point. I um, yeah, just give you the truth, the cold, hard truth and nothing but it, you know. My wife would call it mean. Uh, she's wrong. No, I just, she's, she's actually right. She's right. Um, in the beginning of our marriage, though, when she would tell me that, she'd be like, babe, when you say those things to me, it hurts me. When you say, when you say, like, when you just bluntly put something, when you just say, man, that was a dumb decision. She's like, you call me dumb. I'm like, no, I didn't call you dumb. I said, it was dumb, right? And it's not fair. It was, yeah, thank you, Van. Um, so he's like, yeah. <laughs> I need it. Um, so, so, I would, so anyways, we go through all this stuff, and I'd be like, no, I'm just, I'm just giving it to you the way it is, right? Because, listen, my, my father's side is Greek, um. And if you know anything about that, we're, we're pretty loud. Um, we, in social settings, I calm it down. But at the house, I'm like, you know, what, what sounds like an argument is really our conversation. Um, so we're, we're just having a conversation. Literally, we'll go home for, to visit, and Brooke will be like, why are you arguing with your dad? I'll be like, oh, I didn't know we were arguing. I thought we were just talking about, you know. What team was best? Uh, like, that, that's it. Um, and so I would tell her, I would say, Brooke, this is just the way I was raised. It's just who I am. Like, this is, this is the way I communicate. You got to take it or leave it. Like, you have to love me for me. And at a certain point, you, you realize, like, I realized, man, the way I communicate does not work with my wife. <laughs> and so any, any, like, self-aware person is like, oh, I'm going to change that but not Josh Sakis. <laughs> I just kept going and acting like an idiot at times. And it was, man, I, I'm, I'm thankful. My wife is is one of the most graceful people I've ever met in my life. Um, she knew what she was getting into when she married me, so she can't blame anybody about that. Um, and you're just stuck at this point. But uh, I, I'm so thankful for her. But anyway, so I, so that was my excuse. And, and I, I had said it so many times, This this idea of that's just who I am. Brooke, I, I can't change it. I can't rearrange who I am. Don't you like my passion? Don't you love my passion, Brooke? Like, don't you love who I am? Or are you just rejecting it? And that was, that was my thing. She just rolled her eyes. Um, that was, that was what, I, what I would say all the, every time, every time. She, I was never wrong um, in my mind. And so uh, it got to the point where I had said that so much that I truly believed it. And I acted it. I acted on that, that urge all the time. It's just who I am. I'm not gonna change it. So I'll continue to do this because I cannot change who I am. This is the way I was created, the way I was designed. You can't change it. Get used to it, you know? doesn't work out so well. But this is what I want you guys to think of today. In what area of your life are you saying, this is just who I am? It, it, this is just the way that I am. This is just the way I was raised. I can't control it. This is the way I was created. What, what area of your life are you, are you, for lack of better terms, proclaiming that over yourself? In what area? Actually take a moment and, and really think through, man, like, is it the short temper or short fuse, whatever you want to call it? Is it, I don't get along with people that well. It's just the way I am. Like, what what is that area in your life? And and this is, I I, I wonder if you got a storm going on in your life. Maybe it's strife between you and your spouse. Maybe it's trouble between you and your kid. They're not listening. You're just mad, whatever it looks like. Maybe you got a job that you hate. Maybe it's all these things. Maybe, just maybe, I'm not going to tell you what you're doing. I'm going to ask you, maybe a little bit of that fear, a little bit of the worry, a little bit of the anxiety even, a little bit of, of those situations is caused by the fact that you constantly believe and say, this is just who I am. This is just who I am. Um, and, and, and some of you are like, Josh, you just told us that you said that, so it's hypocritical for you to come in here and say that we shouldn't be doing that. When I get up here and I preach and really my whole life when I talk about Jesus, I'm not talking about my ability. I'm talking about the ability of God. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about that he is the one who is perfect. I did not do this right. I mess up. I will mess up, I'm sure in the future, but God is perfect. God is working in his people. So if you hear me up here, don't allow the enemy to get it. This is what the enemy does all the time and we shouldn't give him credit. He's not as powerful as he thinks he is. So he works in our minds in church service, in the middle of church service, when, when a pastor says something that challenges us and we go, well, he doesn't know my situation. Well, she doesn't know me. Well, they're they're just judging. They think they're up there and they do this thing perfect. Man, I can guarantee you not a single pastor leader at this church thinks that they do it perfect. Chip's laughing. Just don't allow that to creep in your mind because what will happen is you'll walk in here every week and you'll leave never different than when you walked in because you're too worried about what we're saying to you instead of what we're believing for you. So uh, we love you. Uh, so just believe that. But I do want to challenge you with this. This is, this, is the whole, this is the whole thing. Normally I wait till the end of the message, you know, and you deliver the, the final punch and everybody's like, yes. And But I'm going to say it now. So you're going to be bored the rest of the time. It's not who you are. It's not just the way you are. It's who you learn to be. So in the area you've been saying, you've been saying, it's just who I am. It's not who you are. It's who you learn to be. It's who you've become accustomed to being. You're just used to it. So I want you guys to to you know, this is a tough topic. It makes us a little bit uncomfortable. Um, and so uh, you, you might not like me at certain points in the sermon, but I love you. And that's all that matters. Um, but let's go back to this scripture, thinking about this. It's just who I am. See, this, this chapter that we just read about the vine is the following chapters are about Jesus. He's going, he's, he's dying, he, he's, he's being crucified, he dies, and he's resurrected. That's what we see past this chapter and the following chapters. But the chapter before it is talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. And, and let me just tell you this, whatever, wherever you lie on this belief about what the Holy Spirit does, what he doesn't do, all this kind of stuff, at baseline, every single one of us can sit here and say, the Holy Spirit is meant to fill me. I don't care where you are in this thing. He is meant to fill you with his love, with his grace, with his mercy. How in the world does it become a wellspring in you if it doesn't fill you? It's a good question, Josh. So... The first thing Jesus tells his disciples here, he says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. And so what we see here is that there is a continual cleansing. Cleansing that this process doesn't end. If it ended for anybody, would it not have been the disciples who they spent time with Jesus. They see him doing miracles. They see him loving people extravagantly, way more than they've ever seen anybody love anybody. The true definition of love. And yet Jesus is telling them, "You've been cleansed. Now remain in me and I in you." So this this idea, see that's why the Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not over. The point you say yes, that's not it. It's about following it. It's about becoming like him. It's about love, allowing his spirit to fill you. And so uh, one of the words we see in, in, this, in this version, you'll see remain. In other versions, you'll see abide. And my father used to say this all the time. And it would drive me crazy. because so I'd be like, man, this happened with a girl, or this happened at baseball, or this happened. And he would say, abide, abide, abide. I'd be like, I don't want to hear that right now. You know what I mean? Like, I want to hear why I'm right and why this, I should be frustrated about this and say, abide, abide, abide. And what that's saying is another word you could use is stay. Stay. See, I think we like to visit the vine, I think we like to visit the presence of God. We like to visit the truth of God. We're so used to saying like, hey, make sure you get your 15-minute devotional in, make 30 minutes of worship. You know, you got your favorite song. It's a nice little medley. They plucked it on. the. I like the way they play the guitar so I could worship to that. We're so used to visiting the vine that we have forgotten that we're supposed to stay connected. Stay. I can't stay somewhere if I constantly move from that spot. It, it's so important for us to get this, that that we would, we would not move In everything, your job, your home, your friends, no matter what situation you could walk through, you are meant to stay in the vine, which is God. And see, because when a branch is connected to the vine, it carries the exact nutrients that the vine has. And when that branch is broken off, it withers away real quick. So we are, we are that branch. If we, we constantly try to remove ourselves, plug back in when we need it. We have, we have made the gospel about us and what we can receive when we need instead of receive what he wants. So we got to receive what God wants for us. And this is, this is a, the, the next part about this. He says, you can do nothing without him. Jesus says, you can do nothing without him. And, and a lot of times we read that, and I don't think we're wrong for reading it this way, that Okay, so apart from God, I can't do anything. Apart from God, I'm not able. I agree with that. But see, this is the way I like to read that too. And, and, and let me just say, I, I know when people say, this is the way I like to read scripture, it gets really sketchy. If you have a problem with it, just go tell on me to Pastor Aaron when he gets back. But I like to read it this way. Apart from God, I can do nothing. Apart from God, there's a whole lot of things that I could do in this life. I could build wealth for myself. I could get a nice house. I could have great relationships, good, good relationships with my kids, great relationship with my wife, great relationships with friends. Everything could be working out well. I've done this life well, but if it has not started and ended with Jesus, then it means nothing. Then it means nothing. And I don't want my life to mean nothing. I don't know about you, but I definitely don't want it to mean nothing. And this is where Jesus finishes this, this uh, text that we're in. He says, my father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. So our lives are intended, our, our, our purpose in creation is intended to produce fruit. And see, I'm gonna read this really quick. 1 John 2, verse six, the one who says he remains, and there's that word again, remains, must be important, remains in him, should walk just as he walked. See, when we read scriptures like that, we get, we get a little bit worried um, because it's like, I, that's, that's a works gospel. This thing's not about what I can do. It's about God. I agree. That's what it's talking about. If it's about God, then you become like Jesus. If it's about Jesus, then you become like Jesus. How? Because his power working within you? Because is love working within you. See, we look at Jesus' life and we say, well, Jesus did all those things, all those miracles. He did all these things because he's Jesus. But it's not because he was Jesus, it's because he was love. And so if we become like him, we're becoming like love. We're able to move in love, able to move in power that we can be like Jesus and reach this world. That's, what an opportunity that we have. And see, we, like I said, we, we gotta stop I feel like we get stuck. We get stuck at the concept, not the concept, but the reality that Jesus came, walked this earth, lived like me, a life that I could not live, died for me, served a penalty that I could not serve, and we get stuck there. And we spend our lives sitting, woe is me, I'm such a dirty sinner, I'm this, I'm that, I'm guilty, I'm Did you know that Jesus died and was raised to life so that you wouldn't be guilty anymore? But we stay in a place of guilt and shame when he died to free you from it. I ask our students this all the time. I say, why do we pick up things that Jesus died to free us from? Why do we pick up things that Jesus died to free us from? So he came that you would be free of guilt. And so what happens is you you get stuck in this spot. You're so stuck in, in who you are without Jesus that you forget that you have him. And, and and we're not we're not doing what we're called to do. We're not walking the way we are called to walk. So Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. I am sold that we, I say we a lot because I'm with you. I am sold that we don't have a problem with believing in Jesus or what Jesus said, but I think we have an internal struggle with becoming what Jesus said and who he is. See, it's uncomfortable. It makes, it makes us feel just a little bit uneasy because it's like, I, I can't do this. I can't do it, I can't do it. But the answer is you can't do it apart from God because see, this is where it gets into what we were talking about. Where have you been saying, it's just who I am? Because Jesus didn't say that. He said, no, 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 it's not just who you are. Is who I am. So it's not who you are. It's who he is. And so if we can grasp this understanding that, guys, this is the truth. Like, this is literally the scripture. I'm not adding anything. It just is the scripture that he says. He doesn't say that those who say they remain in him should walk like him. Doesn't say they should walk closely to him. Doesn't say they should walk in a similar fashion to him. Says they should walk just as he walked. This is is this is the idea of sanctification. This is the idea of becoming something. Jesus didn't die so you'd stay, you'd stay feeling bad in your sin. He died so you might become something. See, because we're, we're stuck in this concept that Jesus actually came because I'm such a messed up person. Jesus came because uh, I'm, I'm stuck in my sin. Jesus had to come because we were messed up. Jesus had to come because we were stuck in our sin, but he came because you were lost daughters and sons of God. See, every person in this room, you are a son and daughter of God. And so that is so important for us to understand because that is going to be our life flow. If we don't understand who our father is, then we'll never walk as he walked. See, I I say this quite a lot in my home. I don't fall for the voice of the enemy or any fake because I know the voice of my father. I know what it sounds like. I know, I know the way he, he makes me feel, not for excitement, but just who he is. So I don't fall for fakes. I, I don't, I don't, I'm, look, I'm not saying I'm perfect. What I'm saying is I'm not scared of any other voice that comes to me because I know the voice of my father, my real father. And so what comes out of this, what comes out of us understanding that, okay, it's not, it's not who I am, it's who I'm meant to be, is that this, it's that Jesus didn't die just so you could get to heaven. Jesus died to get heaven into you. He died to get heaven into me so that we become people who wherever we walk, whether it's at the job that we hate, we're bringing Jesus. Whether it's, at, it's in our relationship that we just got in an argument and we don't wanna be the person who apologizes first, but Jesus. See, when, when, it's, when it's with our son who, who won't stop arguing with us, because that was me, um, who won't stop arguing with us, Jesus. How do we constantly represent Jesus when we're us? It's because we are connected to the vine and we are staying put. Stop moving around. Stop Stop saying, well, I'll visit that later. Man, Jesus should be, it. look, like, I remember one time in college, I told my friend, I said, uh, we were talking about worship. And, um, and I said, man, we were talking about how worship is a lifestyle, we, we get caught up in worship just being songs, but worship is everything that you do. Worship is, is if, you, if you're at a baseball game, be at that baseball game to the glory of Jesus. If you're at work, be at, that, be at work to the glory of God. Like, serve him in whatever you would do. If you're picking up trash, huh, do it to the glory of God. You're like, how? Because he's God and he's great, and you just thank him anyway. Thank you that I have the ability to bend over and pick up a piece of trash, Lord. Some of you are like, "Oh, that's silly. Man, no, it's not. That is thankfulness. That is understanding the, the miracle that is me waking up every day and, and breathing. I, I'm so grateful for that. But see, you are called to produce a heavenly fruit and we have settled for who we are. We have settled for who we have learned to be. And so we're, we're stuck in this place where we can't bring Jesus into a situation because we're too concerned with how we feel. And we're too concerned with what we experienced and, and well they don't understand and, and no one will ever feel the way I feel and no one will ever do this. And it's causing those situations to be even intensified because you are not focusing, you're not staying in the vine. I'm about to step on our toes a little bit. When when we leave here, why why? I've, I've heard waiters and waitresses say this. I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about the church, okay? Let's just get that straight before someone gets mad at me. We shouldn't be the lowest tippers at a restaurant when we go somewhere to eat after service. I, I actually, like, like, and this is not, man, see, I struggle saying stuff like this. I'm gonna say it. Uh, Brooke and I, we, I try to, eat as little as possible. Because one thing I try to do is I, I try to at least match like what, what they served us wise. So if we pay like 15 bucks, I try to try to tip them 15 bucks. That's not so you think that I'm great and I'm made of money because I'm not. I'm not made of money. But I love people and I want to represent Jesus wherever I go. And, and so, and look, I'm not saying that you have to do that 25%. Amen. Um, some of you are like, I already gave 10%. You know, whatever. Um, but man, like, why, why do we go to Publix after church and we're so concerned about the, the cookout that we're having that day that we walk by every single person in the store and we don't make eye contact with a single one? And then we walk right up to the cashier and we go, in, in our minds, we're going like, oh, can you just hurry up? My gosh, can you just like get this done so I can get my stuff and go home? And we have missed... We're resting in who we've learned to be and we've missed on who we're supposed to become. And now there are people who, who are relying on who you are acting as in the moment on what they become. See, that's what this thing is about, It's this sharing this life together. If I'm in the vine, then my whole life is going to show people what it looks like to be in the vine. If I'm apart from it, then they know what it looks like for me to, to live out of my own strength, to live out of my own comfort, to live out of my, my own experience. But man, I, I, I want to share this with you guys. Um, so Brooke and I, we live up uh, by the, he always mess this Greenway, the Greenway in town, right? Is that what it's called with the, with the water next to it and it's nice and all that stuff, you know? We like to go walking down there um, and really when I say we, I mean Brooke, um, because walking is boring. Does anybody agree that like just going, hey, thank you, Chip. Oh, yes, they yes. So represent, illuminate youth, amen. Um, I don't like it because uh, it's boring to me. It's just kind of literally like we're just doing this. I can't, I, I, I want to do something. I want I want to do something with my life. I'm calling, you know, I'm just kidding. That was a little heavy. But uh, like, this is what I do. Like, Brooks walking on the thing, and I'm like, well, I'm going to walk in the grass because I'm different. And uh, I'm like, there's a fish. You know, there's something cool. I don't know. Maybe that's a fish. Could be a rock. I, I don't know. But um, I, I don't like to just walk. It's just, it's just boring to me, so I always do something different. I'll bring the dog into the water. That's fun. And people laugh at me when they walk by me. I'm like, is it weird to be in water with your dog? Anyways, um, this has nothing to do with what I'm teaching, by the way. Um, yeah, so uh, the lesson you can take from this is don't invite me on a walk. Um, that's, that's, about, that's about it. Uh, so anyways, we, we'll move on. So, so we're walking, uh, walking down one of these times, and, and I see this, uh, this tree. And I think it's an oak tree. It could be. It probably isn't, Um, but I just say oak tree because that's the only tree I know, (laughs) right? Someone in here is like, that's not an oak tree. That's a sycamore. Thank you. Make sure you tell me later. Um, (laughs) uh, So we're walking down and I see what seems to be an oak tree and, and the roots are all exposed. The roots are up. I mean, like, like, like the skeleton of the tree, almost. I could see it. It was amazing, and I wish I wish I had the picture. Um, but I started to ask Brooke a question. I said, "Brooke, why why is that tree like that?" And in, in, in a moment, I didn't even need to finish the question. I answered it myself because I looked across and I saw the water line from when things had flooded. Do you guys remember that? Like, what, how long ago was that? What what month was that? Yeah. It was bad, right? I wasn't here for the big, big flood years ago, but this one was pretty scary to me. So um, I used to live in the mountains, so you don't experience floods because everything goes floods town. And I'm like, see, not me. God protected me. Just kidding. Um, Oops. Yeah. Um, So anyways, I see this tree. The roots are out. and, And I look across the stream, and you see the water line from weeks before that. You see how the water had had come up, and it had disrupted everything. It had things that were there were now pulled way downstream. Things that weren't there are now there, and you could see where like the ground had been eaten away. Things had, had it, trash had been um, trash had been like moved. It, it was just it was it was rough looking, and so uh, I, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, okay, so this tree. The, the, the surge of the water, the power of the water, the, the length of time the water was sitting and this tree was under the water had caused the soil to move, had caused the, the plants to move, the, the, the weeds to move. All this stuff had now been churned up to the point where I can see the roots of this tree. I could see the broken ones. I could see the healthy ones. I could see the ones that were damaged. It was very, very cool to see. And that's about all it was until the Lord ministered to my heart something very specific for our family in that time, and it was this, that storms in our life reveal our spiritual roots. Storms in our life reveal where we are rooted. It reveals the health of our roots. It reveals whether or not we're we're connected to the vine. And so, Uh, Listen, I'm a pastor's kid. um, So object lessons, I just, I just do them just because like we're driving on the road and you see something, you're like, I got a message from that. That's fun. And you know, I'm sure many of you know what I'm talking about. And, and you kind of, you just make up stuff, not make up scripture, that would be wrong. Um, But you know, you're like, oh, that's cool. I see this kind of sermon. You see a detour sign. You're like, oh, but God, he comes through and the, you know, all this kind of stuff. So that's not what this moment was. This moment was no fun for me. It was not fun for me. We had been in a very difficult season as a family. Um, and I did not, I, you know, when the Lord kind of shows you something, you're like, I didn't want to see that. Like, I don't want to hear that right now. I, it hurts, like it stings. And so he showed me this, that that these storms in our life, they expose our uh, our, our spiritual roots. And, and I'm going to share this with you um this is uh, the way i always put it is it's not my story it's god's story in my life because it's so important that we get that that everything that is coming through our life even the pains even the trials like we can glorify jesus with every single bit of it it's not just the good things not just the bad things it's all of it everything so uh, i'm grateful and, and let me just tell you this too i did not learn to preach like this in homiletics like, this is not how they taught me. I was telling my wife, I was like, this is not, I'm not communicating in the way that I was taught to communicate this Sunday. Like, they teach me, make sure you do this first and do that and move this way, uh, the way you visit scriptures this way, blah, blah, blah. Dr. Hackett, I think it was him, he would look at me and be like, Josh, I am ashamed of your message today because I didn't follow his outline. So, sorry, Dr. Hackett, wherever you are, but... It's important, I, I, don't, I don't wanna just get up here and none, no one on our staff does. We don't wanna just get up here and tell you things about God. I want, I want, the only time I speak about God, I want it to be out of the fact that I know God. Not things about him, but I know him and I know who I am in him. See, because when I do that, this whole thing is just very different. It's not a prideful place it's not I know things. I I know I know this fact. I know the way this scripture was intended. No, it's it's the reason I know that is because it changed my life, because it changed who I was from the inside out. I say that all the time. From the inside out. Who remembers that old song? From the inside out, my soul cries out. Oh, it was good. Amen. Um. So, uh, so this is the story. See, I'm delaying because I don't want to share it. But, uh, about two two December two thousand thirteen, um, I was sitting in the cafeteria with my buddy, we're eating, uh, everything's going well, I never dealt with any type of, of big sickness, it was always healthy, all this kind of stuff, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it felt like someone put a sword through my abdomen, like, I mean, and I'm not exaggerating in any way, shape, or form, I have a pretty high pain tolerance, I was on the ground, like it hurt, and it was at the core of who I was, like a broken wrist, eh, right, but when it's, your, it's in your stomach, it was just the worst, and, and this started two and a half years of visiting the doctor, and I'm not talking about appointments where I go get checked, I'm talking about having to go to the ER, I almost said the ER room, that would be, that would not be accurate, uh, the emergency room room, so anyways, so 10 to 12 times in two and a half years, we went to the hospital to the emergency room. I'm sick as a dog, throwing up, all this stuff, man. Living every day for two and a half years in severe pain, no matter what I took, no matter what medicine I took, no matter the food I ate, whether it was healthy or junk food, all of it felt the same. I lived every day in severe pain. And I remember even looking at uh, Brooke at the time, she was my fiance, and I just told her, I said, can you just go? Can you just go? Because like this thing I don't want this for you. I, if I don't want it for me, then I definitely don't want it for you. And she was like, I'm not going anywhere. And I'm like, yeah, just go. You know, like old yeller, get out of here. And uh, and anyways, <clears throat> so, man, I just started tearing up when I said old yeller. Anyways, that's the wrong part to make me cry. Um, so, Uh, I'm I'm telling her, I'm like, just go. Like, I don't want you to go through this. And let me tell you, it was not exaggeration. Uh, When I talk about pain, I mean real pain that I could not stop, that I I couldn't stand it. And and, and throwing up multiple days out of the week, couldn't keep anything down. And uh, doctors are naming it this and that and this. I had a doctor tell me, you are going to be a surgical cripple by the time you're 30. And I was like, thank you. For the encouragement, I'll take take that for sure. Um, and and I didn't I, I, listen. I never experienced anything like this. I never experienced what it looks like to be what I thought as less than, what I thought as not healthy. I had always viewed people from this point of, well, I I play sports and I'm in shape, and that and, and, and all this. I was so prideful and so arrogant to think that like I'm protected because. I'm different and I'm a specimen. Like, it's just so stupid. And so, um, so that, all of it, got stripped away. Every bit of it. Every bit of pride. Every bit of, well, not all the pride. But the pride in, in, my, in my stature and my health and all these. it was just gone. Because I was like, man, my life is over. There's no point to it. I'm in pain. My family's being destroyed because of this thing. I can't do anything about it. So it's just over. And that went on for two and a half years. And I remember about a year in, um, I was sitting in bed and I was praying and my prayers had looked a lot like David's where it's like, Lord, why this? Why that? Why are you allowing things to happen like this? Why this? Why are you, uh ah, uh, and all this just angst all the time. But at the end of it, it always ended in, but Lord, you are good. God, you, you are great. I, you do not change based off my circumstance. You do not, yeah. Uh, and so this, I remember this time I'm praying and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I said, Lord, he, there, there were some miraculous things that God did. And when I mean real supernatural things, that's what he did. And um, I believe that God was gonna heal my body. And, uh, and I remember sitting in there and going, Lord, I believe you're gonna heal me. But even if you didn't, I would give you every ounce of my energy for the rest of whatever years I have. Whatever this thing looks like, I'm gonna give it to you. And so that changed. Things changed that day. Physically, not at all. Spiritually, emotionally, mentally, yes, Something shifted in me and I said, you know what? My purpose is not to be miserable. My purpose is to walk through this with my wife, with my family, all in honor of who God is despite what I'm going through. And so we did this for another year and a half and then we're we're in the hospital. I went to the hospital. This is the last time I went to the hospital. Uh, I go in there for the emergency room. They're saying all the same stuff. You're basically like dying. You're you're really bad. Things are gonna get worse. We gotta figure something out. All this kind of stuff. Felt no hope, no hope, and uh, our pastor came in. Uh, he was like a, a father to me down there, and uh, he was our executive pastor. And he came in, and he prayed with us, and and it was pretty cool. Like Brooke and the Lord ministered to both Brooke and I's hearts separately, but the same thing. Um, and it was this: Do you trust me? And I said, Yes, Lord, I trust you. And he said, Then watch. And I was like, What does that mean? Does that mean now? Or does that mean watching eternity? What does that mean? Because um, I know I'll be healed in eternity. Like that's why Jesus has the victory anyway. Because no matter what's thrown at you in this world, Jesus has a victory. Period. That's it. See, that's that's your hope right there, and that can't change. So, anyways, um, the doctor walks in. The, the specialist, the one I was most terrified of, um, because they're the ones who it's like their opinion really matters because they study this specifically. And she walks in, and she goes. Uh, she goes like this. She goes. I don't know what to tell you. I'm like, oh, that's it, I'm dead. <laughs> like, I'm finally dead. Brooke, I'm sorry, prepare the family, you know, all this stuff. She goes, I, I said, what do you mean? And she goes, can we sit down? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we said, I've never had a doctor tell me, can we sit down? Because I was always laying down already. Um, she says, can we sit down? And, and I said, sure. So we sit down. She goes, uh, she goes I don't know why you're here. I said, I don't know what that means. She goes, I've looked at all your old, every single one of your old blood tests. I've looked at the old x-rays. I've looked at the old uh, uh, colonoscopy, all this kind of stuff. She said, none of it makes any sense. Your new blood blood work makes no sense. Your new x-rays make no sense. It is like there was never anything wrong. And I was like, I looked at Brooke like, it's done, but I'm too scared to get excited about it. You know what I mean? So um, so she said, she said, I can't explain how this happened, but all I know is that you can go home. And I was like, home. And uh, so we go home and uh, literally it's been now the same amount of time that I was sick. I've now walked in healing two and a half years without a stomach ache, without any of that stuff, without throwing up, without doctor's visits. With, I don't even go to the doctor. I don't take any medicine. I don't do all these things and it has nothing to do with me, has everything to do with what God did. And I can't explain to you why he did it for me and not for everybody. I wish I could. I, 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 that, is a real, th- that is a real sentiment for me. Like I so wish that I could look every single one of you in the eye when you go through stuff and say, I know exactly why God is not moving in this way in your life at this moment. I don't know the answer to that. But see what happens is I, I've come, I've become to the point where I'm okay with it. I'm okay with not knowing because I had to get that way for me. So, anyways, um, I'm gonna fast forward the story to June of 2018. Uh, yeah, June 12th. So, six twelve. 18. That was the date. Uh, our firstborn son came into this world. I did nothing of the work. Uh, my wife did it all. Um, and I'm very thankful for that. Are there guys in here who are just thankful that we don't have to do that? Anybody? Yeah. Just be honest with yourself. You know, like just, it's fine. Um, and uh, I've made the mistake of saying like, well, we gave birth. And that's like, no, <laughs> we did not do anything. Um, so, so anyways, uh, we, we, we give birth to crew and, and soon after started um, really, really heavy postpartum depression for my wife. Um, and, and let me just say, if you've struggled with that, it's a good, good thing to talk about it uh, because what happens is people think that it's not normal and they think there's something wrong with them. And so uh, it's just, I, I was never taught about it. Right, so they taught me how to burp my baby. Um, they taught me how to do this, and I looked up. U- I basically looked up YouTube. YouTube was my coach, um, and your coach. Huh? Yeah, no Lamaze classes for us. Uh, just, just YouTubers, makeup artists. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, so uh, we we're, we we're, we're, we give birth to our son, and she enters this season. And I did not understand what had happened to my wife. And I, that's not me being mean. I literally didn't know. I didn't understand that it was chemicals in her brain, or are doing this, and it's all this kind of stuff happening. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, she hates me. She wants to kill me. Like she, she, my presence literally just slays her. Like it's just, it's just bad. So. Um, so I went into a season, I'm gonna be honest with you, in that season, I, I started getting this anxiety in me because I was like, I can't even help my wife. How many guys in here know that you wanna fix everything? Yeah, we wanna fix everything. This cannot be fixed by me. Um, and so I tried and I tried and I tried and it felt, felt like she was rejecting me when she wasn't, but I, was, I, I didn't know how to deal with it. So in comes all this anxiety in me. and. Didn't tell my wife about it. Didn't tell anybody about it because I gotta be a man and I gotta provide for my wife and I gotta be there for her. And it's weak if I say that I have anxiety. That's what I thought. So uh, Pastor Aaron's a pretty smart guy. Um, so he figured it out. Uh, and he was like, hey Josh, come here, come here. And I'm like, oh no. It, the job lasted five months. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but he, he, he said, hey, I want you um, to go get counseling for some of the stuff you've been experiencing. And, and you just, he's like, you just carry yourself more more uh, anxiously um, and I want you to go get counseling. And, and I said, absolutely, I will. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I don't think any of us in this room should have a problem with counseling. If you say, I'm not doing counseling because God's gonna heal me. What if that's part of his healing? Uh, so anyways, um, I go and what a world of difference it made when all he did was point out things that I had been doing. All he did was point out practices that I had. Been, see, I had gotten to the point where, actually, you know what? I'm going to share this too, because this is a huge part of it. Our son, I got to hurry up. I always have to hurry up. I talk too much. Um, our son, back in December, some of you know this, he went to the hospital. Uh, he had, he was sick. We were monitoring him. We were, we were all sleeping in the same bed. And, uh, I'm, I'm woken up by, I hope that's a word. I'm woken up by my wife and she goes, babe, he's seizing. And I remember she's like holding him and I look into his eyes, which normally look back at you, like just bright and, and he's ready to go because he's always ready to go. And I can't, it's like, he's not there. It was like, his eyes were empty. And he's just, he's just shaking. And I didn't know what to do. And man, that moment stripped away all the pride you could possibly have about being a father. And he's shaking. And then Brooke goes, babe, he's not breathing. And we realized that he literally was, there was no air. Like he wasn't breathing. He was going, <laughs> like that. And, and, and it, 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 terrify me. We sprint out of the house. Brooke calls nine one one. She they're order They're telling her how to resuscitate him, um, or uh, or what it is CPR? All that stuff. Um, which then, in hindsight, you're like, wow, I wish I learned that. Um, but. I'm driving with my head out the window because the windshield's iced over and I'm crying out to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, let him breathe, let him breathe, Lord, breathe in the name of Jesus. And we get to the hospital and I run out uh, and I've got my son in my arms and I scream to them, my son is not breathing. And as I said it, he just lets out a scream. I've never been so happy to hear him scream. Actually, I was never happy when he screamed. And then that time I was like, I'll never take this for granted again. Every time he screams, I'm going to go. Thank God, my son has breath in his lungs. And so, uh, so he, he we, they basically tell us like he got uh, through the the sickness. He got a fever, and the fever was at 104 when we brought him to the doctors. And they said it it, it caused a febrile seizure. And they guaranteed me as much as a doctor can. Doctors never really guarantee anything. But but he said I, I guarantee you as much as I can that he got enough breath to to not. Impact him long term. Um, And so I was grateful for that. But when I tell you that guilt and condemnation stepped in, because this is what I thought I didn't think, wow, that was terrible. I'm so glad it's over. I thought to myself, I let that happen. I can't be there for my wife. I can't protect her from this stuff going on with her. I can't support her. I don't know how to be a good husband right now. And now I don't know how to be a good father. I felt like a stranger in my own home for months. Because I was like, what's, what is my purpose if I can't protect him? And I remember one day, I was talking to my dad. Here he goes again, dropping truth bombs on me. But he, he, he told me, he's like, this, what I did is what he told me. I went into my son's room, and I, and I, I stood over him as he, as he was taking a nap. And I just said, out loud, I said, Lord, every part of him, I give it to you. Every every part of his being, his physical being, his mental, his emotional, his spiritual, it is yours. He's not mine, he's yours. And I'll protect him here in whatever way you've called me, but this is your son first and and it, it it began to change things for me and and when i got that counseling i realized this see that tree that we were talking about where the storm came through and it churned up all the soil and it exposed the roots that's what this was in my life it pulled away all the stuff that was hiding my roots all the stuff that i could come in here and talk to you guys and make myself look really good in terms of like i'm happy i'm chipper my family we got you know we're good family uh, there was chaos And when this happened, when my son went to the hospital, it ripped up all the masking. And what was left was me able to finally see the fact that my roots were not in the vine. They were in myself. They were in my experience. They were in my ability to stop what I didn't want to happen. They were in my ability to to control my family's experience. I remember he would fall and hit his head and I would lose my mind. Like he would bump when I say bump, I mean literally just bump his head, and I would think, "Oh my gosh, he's, he's going to have internal bleeding," or that, like I would freak out. And it, it was only because, of, because see, I had never really found emotional and spiritual healing from what I went through. See, I walked out of it and I said, yeah, God physically healed me," and all this, and it was awesome. But see, when my son went through that, it brought up all that old stuff that I'd never dealt with, never allowed Jesus to deal with. And I, and I sat there and I said, I will not let what happened to me happen to him. I will not allow that to happen to my son. Guys, who am I to not allow those things to happen to my son? It's not my ability. It's trusting God. And so, um, man, I, I wanna read this again. John 15, verse four. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine so neither can you unless you remain in me see in the beginning we were made in god's image and jesus came because we had been broken we had been chain we we made a decision that pulled us from the reality of our relationship and the purity of our relationship with god and so now we're in a place where we're different. We're in a place where we have insecurities. We're in a place where we're, we're angry about our job. We're in a place where we're angry at our wife or at our husband or at our kids or all these kind of things. We, we, we get offended so easily and we let all these things into our life. Why? Because we don't understand that Jesus came so that our identity could be back where it used to be. Not so we could stay where we were. Not so we could stay in the place of saying like I'm going to figure this out. Uh, listen, there was no self-help book that could have figured that out for me. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I'm not against y'all reading self-help books. Don't don't hear that. I'm saying there's not a single one that would have helped me in that season. And you know how I know that? I read them. It just didn't help because I needed to understand that I'm I'm a son of God. You need to understand that you're sons of God, you're daughters of God. You were lost, and now you're found. But if you never know you're found, then you always act like you're lost. And so, I, this, for me, this is the power of the gospel. See, because it, it's a beautiful story, and I love it. But if we never understand the power it has to pull us from where we are, that, that's, that's why I love that scripture. It, it lifted me from the miry clay. I was in it. I had a friend text me the other day. He said, man, I am in it. Like, just period. I'm in it. And it was cool because I just thought of, I thought of, uh, I thought of Daniel in the lion's den and, and how God shut the mouth of the lion. And I'm like, some of us have, have sat here and we focused on the lion so much. We're like, oh, I'm so scared. But it's just the way it is. I'm in the pit. When God's like, man, I I already, I stepped in. See, faith, a lot of times we look at faith and we think that faith is something we've done to earn what God is going to do. But this is what I love about the man on the mat is that Jesus said, get up, take up your mat and walk. So he got up, took up his mat and walked. See, it, it wasn't, hey, if you take up your mat, you'll be able to walk. He gave him directly what he needed to do. So his action didn't determine the fact that God or that Jesus could heal him. His action is what allowed him to see what God had already done in his life. And so for me, my my faith now gets to the point where whatever situation I'm in, I go, that's not who I am anxiety all stress fear so many of us do that we're like eh, hey, I'm just I'm just kind of that person I'm just that kind of stressful person you know I get stressed out easily I used to say that all the time uh, I just got a short fuse it's just who I am I can't change that about me uh, I just don't like people that much like right that's what we say these things because we want to keep living that way and it's causing this angst. It's causing these things in our life. It's causing these storms. But man, I pray that the storm would expose our root so that we can say, man, I'm not trusting in God. I'm trusting in myself. I'm trusting in my own user experience. So man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray over us today. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your power. I thank you that you lifted us from the miry clay, Lord, that we don't have to stay there anymore. And in the areas that we've constantly said, this is just who I am, that we would be able to see who you are and who you are is in us. Make up every fiber of our being, Lord, that we would represent your kingdom wherever we walk, wherever we step foot, that it would represent the name of Jesus. We're so thankful for what you've done. And the fact that you continue to do things, Lord. You continue to move in your people. You're just as powerful today as you were yesterday. Thank you for what you've done in this place. And thank you for what you're going to do from this place. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: There's a very specific invitation for you this morning in what Josh said. So early on, he said, what's that thing in your life that you said, that's just the way I am? hope you thought of that I hope you took that to heart what is that thing that thing that has become your excuse that's become your justification that thing that has become your idol and the invitation is for you to offer that this morning to the one who said I am the great I am tell them my name is I am would you stand with me as we begin to open the table of the Lord, let me pray for you. Father God, as we come to take the bread, to remember, as we drink the cup, to remember what you did for us. Father, we come and we offer with open hands that thing that we say, that's, that's just the way I am. That thing that is, has become a comfortable place for us to be because it really doesn't require much of us. And Lord, as we come to the table, that's our sacrifice to you that we give that thing to you because we are your sons and daughters. And that's the kind of life we want to live. The table of the Lord is open.